Live from SpinWeb in Indianapolis, Indiana, this is Spin Radio, the digital marketing podcast for marketing directors and business leaders. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Allison Gibbs. And we are your host today. Abby's out with Sick Kiddos today, so we wish her well. And Allison is my co-host, so we're glad you've joined us as always, Yay. Allison. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks having for being me here. back. Yay. Thanks for being here. Chris is here as well. Chris Antoine, Senior Software Architect. I am. <laughs> we might coax a few words out of him. Uh, Michelle Antoine is managing our Twitter account today. She's live tweeting show notes under the SpinWeb handle using the hashtag SpinRadio if you'd like to follow along. And please be sure to ask your questions today via Twitter or email. Like Michael said, tweet using the hashtag SpinRadio or email us at radio at SpinWeb.net. We do like getting emails. Most people email us instead of using Twitter because, you know, Twitter, but whatever. But uh, we like getting emails. So radio at spinweb.net. Give us comments. In fact, we'd like to put a specific shout out today. Just give us, like, email us something. Like, tell us kind of, we see all the listeners. Like, we do see our stats. People do listen. But it's always kind of like, we do, I always wonder who, what people think of the show, what kind of opinions you have, questions, comments. So email us today. Make it a point to email us today at radio at spinweb.net and give us a shout. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Just say hello. That's my little spiel. You're so much nicer than me. <laughs> I never want to hear what people have to feed, uh, feedback. You'd prefer to be in a dark room in front of your computer. This is <laughs> very true. true. With you the door like closed. Feedback. You just like feedback on different things. As long as it's positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so all negative feedback goes to Chris at spinweb.net. <laughs> all positive feedback goes to radio at spinweb.net. <laughs> all right. Nathan, thanks for running our board today as always. Ooh, good timing. That was good timing. You get a thumbs up right as the music ended there. Of course, you couldn't hear it because you don't have headphones, but we do, so we heard it anyway. Awkward. Anyway, aside from that, uh, we've got a great show for you today. Um, and when I say a great show, I mean like a really great show. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this one. That's because you like the topic. I like controversy as well. I like yeah. talking about controversial things because we're going to make some people Drama mad, I'm sure. Queen. But it's a good topic and it's relevant and it's very important. So the topic uh, today is... Busting the I want WordPress so I'm not locked in myth. So we're going to get to that shortly. But first, as always, weekly roundup. So I got one thing because Allison has no things, right? I have no things. <laughs> so I have <clears throat> excuse me, one thing on my list today. And it's actually a cool, a really cool thing. So this counts for a lot because I'm really excited about this. And I'm a total nerd and I realize that no one else is probably going to care. But I do. You do? Yeah. I'm, I think it's pretty cool. So I'm going to actually feel any better. I don't. I didn't think you did. I, I fully expect you not to care, <laughs> even after I explain it. So uh, a lot of our clients use webinars, or as I like to say, webcast. And side note, I've seen a lot more companies use the term webcast lately. I've seen our clients. I've seen our, our – trying to make fetch happen. Well, aren't you just the trends? I've seen Michael some Reynolds. pretty big, significant companies use the term webcast. So I'm gaining momentum. It's happening. I'm planting the flag for the term webcast. It's like, it's like mean girls or whatever. It, it is. Fetch. fetch. So uh, we do webcasts on a pretty regular basis, and we use an app called Zoom. Uh, a lot of people use GoToWebinar, other apps, and they all kind of work in similar ways. But Zoom now has the ability to stream webcasts directly to Facebook Live and YouTube Live. So I think Facebook Live is probably where we're going to start because it's a little more – I think to us it seems a little more – popular. A lot of people are using Facebook Live. Facebook's really pushing Facebook Live. They want people to go live. Um, Chris is like, you guys are all crazy. Like, why would you <laughs> Why would you do Facebook Live? Well, you can do both at the same time, can't you? I don't know. I didn't, didn't see that, actually. Maybe you can. Oh, because if you can do both at the same time, then why not do both? Yeah, because doesn't not? it just automatically add it to your YouTube channel after that? Yeah, it does, actually. So if you are running webinars in your company and you want to have more reach and broadcast them further and make them more accessible to people who might stumble upon them on Facebook, you can now integrate Zoom with Facebook Live. So your webinars will be published that way. So I think it's pretty 
pretty good feature. Yeah, and it could be a way to cut through the noise because I wonder, can you use those videos to then boost them later? From yeah. A, yeah, they stay recorded. An advertising perspective? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. So you get pre-recorded webinars or webcasts on Facebook Live and, and stored as videos. So that was pretty significant. I like uh, a lot more providers, I think, are going to start integrating with Facebook Live and YouTube Live. And Zoom is one of the first that I've seen anyway doing it. So yay, Zoom. We love Zoom. I just like Zoom all around. They're less expensive than you, the other competitors, and they just work better. So that's my little yeah. endorsement. I've noticed the um, the quality, the difference <clears throat> in the quality since we switched right over to Zoom being yeah. a lot better. So uh, anything on your list, Chris? Anything developer or? What's this list? <laughs> What's a li- this what? is a weekly roundup. This is where we talk about like any, any kind of updates oh. or things that have happened oh. in digital marketing throughout the week. So um. any kind of... Uh, you know, anything in the, the world of uh, technology or developers that... Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> My weeks are bleeding <laughs> Fair together. Enough. I can't tell. It's Friday. I know. You're, you're, you're in the thick of the <laughs> code. It's still Friday. I realize that. <laughs> so, all right. Let's go ahead and jump to our deep dive then. So, um, we are going to talk about WordPress today. So, here, let me set the stage first. Let me kind of back up and and offer some disclaimers. So uh, first of all, a couple notes. One, we are not bashing WordPress. WordPress is a perfectly viable platform. Would you agree, Allison? Yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. Chris agrees as well. WordPress is a perfectly viable platform for certain cases. If you're a small business, if you have uh, a certain type of company that fits well with WordPress and a certain you know type of culture or a setup in your team or other factors, there are plenty of factors that lead to you using WordPress very effectively. That's fine. Um, another thing we're going to talk about is when we say WordPress, we don't just mean WordPress. We mean kind of open source CMS platforms in general. But WordPress is, I think you'd agree, Allison, the most popular. I mean, we see it brought up more than any other open source platform, right? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the one that I hear the most. Um, I just think that most people don't most people don't just talk about the other ones because I mean, it's there's not, Drupal, there's Joomla. Yeah, it's just not there's a... other stuff. WordPress is almost the household name, yeah, for WordPress, lack of yeah, a better exactly. term. <laughs> and it powers like 25% of the world's websites. Yeah. Is it yeah. only 25? I thought it was higher than that. It may have gone up. Yeah, it's pretty significant. It, it powers a lot of websites. And so, rightly so, it's very popular. It's um, quote-unquote free, which is a loaded kind of term, but it is there is no cost to download and install. It's very accessible. <laughs> so the reason we are bringing up this topic today is there is a myth out there and the myth is that if you build your website on WordPress, you are not locked into a proprietary CMS. And so to kind of define these terms, a proprietary CMS is one that is uh, built, supported, owned, and managed by a third-party company. So if you're a company going to get your website built and you're working with an agency, that agency might use a proprietary CMS. And there are tons of you know proprietary CMSs out there. Um, you know, there's... Sitecore, there's Microsoft Freedom, there's um, Sitefinity, um, HubSpot. Can, HubSpot. HubSpot is actually a proprietary CMS. So there are lots of platforms out there, and the word proprietary seems to be sometimes thrown around in a negative way because they say, oh, well, proprietary CMSs you know, lock me in. That means that if I want to go somewhere else or I don't like my agency or I want to do something different, then I'm kind of locked into this platform or whatever. And they think that using WordPress or other similar open source CMSs, they're not locked in. And so that's a myth that we want to kind of talk about today and just kind of dig into a little bit. So, uh, Allison, where do you want to start? Because I know you you have some some ideas on kind of why choosing WordPress is not all it's cracked up to be from a, a, a 
being free kind of standpoint. Like you are still kind of locked in in sure. different ways, right? So you had some points you wanted to cover. So let's start with those. So yeah. why are you actually still kind of locked in even when using WordPress? Yeah. So with WordPress, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you're you still at the mercy of finding a really high quality WordPress developer. So even though um, it's something that you don't necessarily have to go to a certain agency in order to purchase that, or you don't have to find um, you know, uh, you don't have to move from a, a certain select group of agencies. You still have to find somebody that's really good at it. So I think that just from a, finding the resources and finding an agency or finding a, a developer that can help you within your price range can sometimes be really challenging. We've had an experience in the past before with, with some of our uh, marketing engagement clients where they've had their site on WordPress. They've tried to make some updates. It hasn't worked. Uh, by the time they they tried to find uh, by the time they found a developer that could work on the on their site, it was somebody that was in a different time zone, um, a totally different time zone. That it just became the communication barrier became a huge challenge, and it just got to the point where they were so fed up that they decided to move over to a different system that that's we do support. A, and that's so, an interesting point from a finding a good developer standpoint mm-hmm. because. WordPress is so accessible, and that's one of the positive things about WordPress. Anybody can download WordPress, install it, and kind of tinker around with it, right? Yeah. And so you have a whole spectrum of developers who say they're WordPress developers, and some of them might be tens on the scale of one to ten. They may be super expert. They may be really seasoned. Others might be like a one or a two, but they say they're a WordPress developer because they installed a few sites and they can tweak some themes, right? Like me. <laughs> is, that, is that you, Allison? Are you a WordPress I'm, tinkerer developer? I'm dangerous enough to you're about, you're you about know, two, two and a half. Puts, to install some plugins that Chris tells me to install. But that's the thing. There's so You can find a WordPress developer. You can post on Facebook or do a Google search and find literally a 1,000 WordPress developers in five minutes. And who knows what quality you're going to get. The barrier to entry to developing in WordPress is so extremely low that – the burden on you know to find a qualified developer is is very high. So, would you agree, Chris? Have you seen similar, you know, facts in the marketplace where there's like so many a spectrum of skill sets when it comes to WordPress developers? Oh yeah, I mean, I've worked with a number of people on different WordPress systems, and sometimes I wonder how they survive life. <laughs> I mean, I, and then there are others that have been very intelligent. Um, I mean, for quite a while, I built a lot of WordPress sites in a former life. Um, and I mean, we built a number of them and they worked fine, but I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I've seen some of the stupid up, up close and personal. How much do, how much time do we have today? (laughs) Not (laughs) enough. So the other thing is, I think Allison, you were talking about, uh, support from a support standpoint, what are the options for support when it comes to WordPress? And Chris can probably weigh in as well. Ah, yes. Okay. So this actually is something that's near and dear to my heart because this is (laughs) in in my old job. I, we went through this. So basically, unless you have somebody that is actively maintaining the updates with WordPress and all of the plugins, then you are constantly at risk for vulnerabilities. Now, the site that I was managing, if somebody hacked it, it's not the end of the world because we weren't keeping anything on there. But um, for things for, for those industries that are highly regulated, if you don't have somebody that's actively supporting that and keeping everything maintained and up to date on a regular basis, then um, that could be one other avenue where people could potentially hack your website. 
And it's everything from, you know, when you update to, you know, the newer version of WordPress, maybe the plugins have to be changed out because the plugins haven't been updated and there's vulnerabilities there. So there's just, there are so many little open loopholes, I feel like, which I guess is the definition of a loophole. Right. Right. Sorry. (laughs) I could see Chris staring at me. As soon as I said that. Chris is here to make sure we don't say anything too I stupid. Know, I know. So, uh, I've got my hands full at this point. <laughs> the other big thing, too, with that is a lot of people build a WordPress site off of a theme. Like, they'll find a theme, and it's a good starting point. And there's so many of them out there that people will go and grab it, whatever. And if you don't pay attention, I've seen and actually personally experienced someone installed a theme and was using it. And come to find out someone had actually, whoever built the theme, built in a backdoor into the theme so that people could get into the system. Mm. And I had to actually, I had to clean up multiple WordPress sites because of it. And I actually had to find that Mm. um, hole that they had built in. Nice, I bet that was fun. Oh, it was so much fun. I I can't even express how much joy I had spending hours of my life dealing with that. Sounds wonderful. And that's a form of being locked in in itself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it I would is. say being locked into a specific developer, being locked into a specific developer that knows how your particular configuration is built. Someone else may come along and, and take them a long time to figure out how your instance was built because it was so hacked up and so customized. Which so, is what you end up with with a lot of WordPress is just yeah. – it's – I mean – the style of code that's written, too, is, I mean, most of it is spaghetti code, um, or what's termed in my world is spaghetti code, because yeah. it becomes an intertwined, intertwined mess, um, a, basically a ball of yarn, if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, a, a lot of things, a lot of times you can't even tell that there's a problem there, because it's just, it's a ball of yarn, and down in the core, there's something that you can't tell is a problem. And it could have been touched by, you know, so many different developers doing things different ways by the time you get to you know, a support contract with someone else, then there's they have no clue how to maintain it. And the thing with WordPress is interesting. At its core, WordPress is not terribly functional. It does some basic stuff. It does pages, blog, you know, some basic things. To do anything outside of that, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but to do anything outside of that, you need plugins. And so the more plugins you add and the more code you customize, the more it becomes a unique instance to you, which then becomes basically proprietary to your organization. Yep. Would that no, be fair? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... The more plugins you add, the more complexity you add as well. And then you start running into the problem of, uh, like you said, Allison, where, oh, you do an update and this plugin hasn't been updated yet. Oh, well, when's that developer going to update the plugin to work? Well, it could be a month, could be a day, could be three years, could be never. Um, so you end up in that weird situation where you are like, okay, well, I need this XYZ piece of functionality. Well, let's go find another plugin that does it instead and works with the new version. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the flip side where a plugin updates and it breaks your whole WordPress installation or whatever. So there's a lot of compatibility issues that you have to deal with or kind of wade through. Uh, so that can always be a little tricky. Yeah, so I would argue that there are different ways you're locked in using WordPress. So um, let's talk a little bit about proprietary CMSs on the flip side because a lot of people, again, they, they're very fearful of proprietary CMSs. Are you turning off my phone? <laughs> I just let it beep during the show. <laughs> so, yeah. He's just so popular. Yeah. <laughs> it's just my calendar telling me I've got a meeting at 1030, <laughs> which is in 15 minutes. So so here's the thing. So, Allison, you see this a lot, and we see it in the sales process quite a bit. Not, I shouldn't say quite a bit, but a lot of times it does come up where someone will say, oh, well, I don't want a proprietary CMS because, again, I don't want to be locked in. So uh, what's so bad about a proprietary CMS, and what's good about it? 
Well, I mean, I personally don't think that there's anything <laughs> bad about a proprietary CMS. I understand the concern behind yeah. it because I have been in situations before where I have been burned by some type of proprietary system. Mm-hmm. So I, I get why people are concerned, why they are upset about the concept. I, I understand that. But um, the one thing that we always... <laughs> Now it's his computer that's, that's my making email. the noise. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I always tell our clients to look out for are, you know, what happens, and this is a question that we get frequently, you know, what happens if we end up wanting to leave SpinWeb someday? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a very valid question to ask. And yeah. I mean, the answer for us is always, we'll help you find another agency that mm-hmm. supports this platform if you, want to, if you want to stay with the platform. Yeah. So sometimes our clients will move to a different solution provider. We're able to find that for them mm-hmm. and, and able to link them up. So I think that it's just a matter of, I would start to think about finding the right agency or the right partner for you and helping that, letting them help guide you on what they think is going to be best from a, a CMS perspective. Because I think if you think about why people ask for WordPress, my guess is that the majority of the time they just want to be able to update things. And that's the only thing mm-hmm. that they know of to say when they, when they're asked, you know, what CMS do you want? Because it is such a household name. Yeah, because it is such a household name. But they want to be able to, you know, update everything. Or they want to be able to, they want things to not necessarily get it. They don't get it. I don't want to have to rely on a developer. Well, I mean, you're going to have to rely on a developer in some capacity. Especially with WordPress. (laughs) The system you're using relies on the developer to build it. Correct. Like, that's one thing that... It's become that like all these web applications, whether it's WordPress, Joomla, anything, they've become such a commodity. Everyone wants to do everything without a developer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you realize a developer built that. Like, you're still relying on someone <laughs> to do something. And they have to maintain like, it. <laughs> right. Yeah, That's why I try to make sure that we can do everything. We're as self-sufficient as possible, so that way you can use your yeah. your time in other manners. Trust me, I want to use my time instead in other of, manners. Instead of helping me. And here's the thing. I will <laughs> say there are some exceptions. I will be very clear and say we've seen some exceptions, I think one or two maybe, where there is a proprietary CMS in place and it is so proprietary that no other agency uses it. It's Correct. like strictly one company providing one platform to their clients. And I won't name names, but there was one that actually uh, went under a while back, and they were very specialized. They served one particular market, and no one else used it because they didn't open it up to anybody. And that's a case where you do want to be a little careful. But if you're working with a proprietary CMS that is used by other providers and agencies and solution providers, then you do have choices. I mean, we use – I mean, HubSpot is a good example. I mean, uh, you know, thousands of agencies use HubSpot, right? Yep. I mean, just thousands. So if you're on HubSpot, yeah, that's proprietary. But you can go to literally like probably 5,000 other agencies and find someone skilled in HubSpot to help you out. Um, same thing with other even less known CMSs that we've used. There's you know 50 to 100 different agencies you can choose from, if, if not more, that use that CMS. And moving your site is really not a big deal. People think it's <laughs> like this horrible ordeal, but – Migrating a site even to a new CMS is not that big a deal most of the time. It can be done. It's a project, but it's not that big a deal. So that's the that's the other thing too is everybody seems to get stuck on this. Oh, I'm locked in. Well, how long are you planning on having this one website? Yeah, I mean you Hopefully should be redoing it every years. you know every couple of years or whatever. And to be quote unquote locked in for eighteen months, twenty four months. I don't know about you guys, but that's like a day to me at this point. Yeah, like it mm-hmm. just it's a blip on the radar. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, I mean. If you're talking about being locked in and you're, you know, if, uh, if you're talking about like maybe buying a house where you say, quote unquote, if you bought a house and you were stuck for 30 years with that mortgage, 
okay, that would be one thing, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that's much more short-term. Yeah. Anything else you would add, Allison? I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, so I think we'd encourage uh, – I think the, the gist of it is, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Allison, is people just hear WordPress as a household name or, you know, Joomla, Drupal, whatever. We'll kind of throw in the other open source platforms, and they assume that because it's free, that because it's open source and a lot of people can work on it, that they're not locked in. But, again, um, think about who's supporting it. Think about where your support comes from. Think about how it's maintained, and think about how customized and unique that particular install of the CMS or that instance of the CMS becomes for your company once you customize it to do what you want to do. It effectively has become a proprietary CMS to you at that point, and you're basically just as locked in. So I kind of leave our, our listeners with that with that thought, and we welcome commentary. Again, we don't hate WordPress. We're not bashing WordPress. WordPress is great for plenty of situations. Um, just not every situation. <laughs> yeah, if people out there have specific instances where they think WordPress is really great and they want to share that with us, I want to hear that. And we tell them. We tell yeah. people, if prospects come to us and they're on WordPress and they like it and we see that it makes sense for them, we will tell them, hey, stay on WordPress. You're fine. We have clients on WordPress um, and it's fine. You know, We can do marketing for them and it works out fine. And, and some organizations are just fine on WordPress. There's nothing wrong with that. But just it's not the end-all be-all. It's not the, the magic bullet that a lot of people think it is from a, a flexibility standpoint. Should we talk about security a little bit? I was just getting ready to say we haven't even <laughs> talked about security. Are so you going I to mention that? So I think this will spin off into a whole different episode, which is fine. But um, there are a couple, you know, from a security standpoint, I, it's just so hard to talk about WordPress and not mention security. So let's do a little preview chat about WordPress and security, and then we can spin it off later <laughs> if, we can, if we can keep this down to like five minutes or so. But um, one other notion that comes uh, with WordPress is a security issue. And, you know, being locked into a proprietary CMS can sound bad and scary at first, but it can also be a very good thing because you are, if you're using a, a commercial CMS that is supported by, a, you know, a real company with real developers that is, you know, making money from it, and you've got a support contract in place, I say real, like it's not, I know WordPress is real, <laughs> real developers. <laughs> Sorry, that was a poor choice of words. That's they're okay. Fake, they're it's fake okay. developers. It's okay. I do real development, remember, so it's okay. <laughs> So a company that is supporting your CMS, you know, you've got someone to call and to rely on when security issues come up. And they're focused on security. They're focused on the support. You've got a support. Or at least they should be if you're picking the right one. They should be, yeah, if you're picking the right one. You've got a support contract in place. And that's a really good thing. You want to rely on that. So, Chris, we were talking a little bit about this before the show. So there um, there are some issues with WordPress when it comes to security from the fundamental Like from the beginning, from a fundamental Mm -hmm. core standpoint, WordPress was not built with security as a priority. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. I mean, it was... I mean, reasonable security, but not like high security. Well, the other thing, too, is, I mean, you got to think when WordPress was initially built. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, what did it... It became popular in, what, 04, 05, Mm -hmm. something? And it gained popularity, and it has skyrocketed since then because of the plug-in system and everything else. it's free. It's free, yeah. Um, But, I mean code was written differently back then like our understanding of security was different back then and i'm sure there there are the underlying pieces of wordpress i'm sure tons of them have been rewritten added on to and everything over the years but i bet there's a little pieces here and there that haven't been touched in years nobody really knows what they're doing or what they're why they're there for there's code that's left over because it was there and nobody's taken it out or whatever it's just how an application that's lived that long is going to you know um move forward that's just kind of how it works um but i mean because of that there's 
new vulnerabilities in WordPress and other systems found all the time. Um, yeah, no system's impenetrable. No. Like, there's no 100% impenetrable system. No. But the idea is to be as secure as possible on that spectrum, obviously. And right. so a lot of people, like, there's a kind of a back and forth out there where people say, oh, well, WordPress is not secure. And, you know, that as a blanket statement is untrue. WordPress inherently is not necessarily insecure, but it becomes insecure very quickly when it's implemented because of the way you have to customize, extend, and and well, customize. And so when that well, happens, and, that, and and how secure, or unsecure it becomes depends on that varying level of developer you have too. Correct. I've yeah. seen tons of developers. They get in there and they do something, and with two lines of code, they can open up the entire system. Nice. So I mean, <laughs> if they if if they're not on the higher yeah. end of the spectrum, they can absolutely do that really easily. Yeah. And one interesting thing, and I don't want to – we'll talk about this more in a future episode, I'm sure. But one thing that's interesting is um, WordPress does not meet the security requirements for a lot of um, standard or standards-enforcing bodies out there. One is the FDIC. Um, the FDIC security standards um, are available on the web, and WordPress doesn't, doesn't meet those standards. Um, would that be – that's something you've noticed as well, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, they don't. I mean, unless something has changed since I last looked at it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they don't They don't meet a lot of that kind of stuff out of the box. And, I mean, there's a bunch of plugins that will add or enhance the security on them. Um, I personally manage or run a couple of WordPress sites, and I've got them locked down to the point where you – the, the, you can't access it without very specific requirements. Mm-hmm. I mean, even down to the IP address. Like, if you're if you go from one location to the other, you don't. I can't get access to it. I mean, I can't actually access it here from the office either. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and, but you know what you're doing, right? And I <laughs> I do that for the yeah. very specific reason that I don't want anyone to be able to access it. So I yeah. have it locked down overly so yeah. because of that. Yeah, and not everyone is willing to go to that limit either <laughs> they true. don't they don't want that burden <laughs> so there's a reason we never recommend wordpress for banks credit unions hospitals um in fact we have, we have hospital clients that have been on open source cmss and have had um hipaa issues have been hacked before and have moved from open source to a proprietary system because of security so uh, we'll cover that more in a future episode but it, it's hard to talk about wordpress without at least mentioning security <laughs> again stressing the point that WordPress is not bad for everybody. WordPress is great for a lot of organizations. WordPress is really great for many businesses. I want to be very clear about that. Um, but, again, it's not the one-size-fits-all. Uh, there's lots of issues from a security and a, a proprietary uh, code standpoint and maintenance standpoint to consider that a lot of people just don't think about when they see the the siren song of free and open source and Anybody can work on WordPress. That's an excellent yeah. use yeah, of any, the phrase siren song. Anybody right. can work on WordPress, which is not always a good thing. Exactly. Sorry, I was going to say, even with, um, uh, I think I might have lost it. Um, yeah. I, had a thought and you lost it? Yeah, I did. Was it related to my use of the word siren song? No, I think that's what made <laughs> me lose it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think of it, we'll, we'll talk about it next time around. Yep. So, uh, Sounds good. So thanks, Riz. It was good to have you on the show to kind of cover some of the technical stuff. And Allison, it was good to have you as a co-host. So Yay, thanks for having me. Thank you, as always. So we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and jump to quick announcements here. We've got one community announcement coming up. It is from us. We've got an event. Uh, I think it's February. Let me pop up in the landing page here. Uh, we have a webcast coming up on February 9th at 12 o'clock Eastern, noontime. You can brown bag your lunch and uh, listen in. And it is an encore presentation of Secrets of Advanced Social Media Advertising, which is the sold-out presentation I did at Inbound last year. So that's, we're going to add some new stuff to it, too. Some new stuff has happened since then, so I'm going to add some new stuff for those who attended before. So 
You're welcome, Allison. There'll be some new stuff <laughs> Excellent. there. Excellent. So uh, anything else on your mind you want to throw in? Nope. You good? I'm good. I know Chris is good. He's, he's just over there doing his thing. So. Yep. Just checking my email. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we'll wrap up there. I'll close this out if that's okay, Allison. That's fine. All right. Oh, wait a minute. Thanks, Nathan. You are real good at your job because you reminded me to talk about next week's show. <laughs> so next week's show, we're going to talk about increasing organic search engine traffic by republishing articles on your blog. So um, there is this concept out there that if you continually publish new content – your mic Sorry. Yeah. Chris, my is bad. Making, Chris is making background noise with his mic. So if you uh, repub- if you publish new content all the time, it increases the search engine rankings, which is true. That can that can be a, a factor. But we have run some interesting experiments lately with republishing older content and updating it for you know with modern and new data. And we've seen some interesting results from an SEO standpoint. We're going to talk about how that works next week. So we sure are. I think that'll be fun. So thanks, Nathan, for the reminder. Appreciate that. So we'll go ahead and wrap up now with Weekly Inspiration. And I just lost my Weekly Inspiration because I hit the wrong tab. So I will go ahead and vamp this, you, while, the I, while I click on that. The person who says it cannot be done <laughs> should not interrupt the person who is doing it. Yes, this is a Chinese proverb Chinese I had on proverb. my list. So thank you for... Is that like the person who smelt it dealt it? <laughs> I think it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's exactly the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Weekly Inspiration with Chris Uh, So thanks, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Chris, for being on the show today. Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb. We're a digital agency. Uh, If we can help you out, check us out at spinweb.net. Learn more about us. We'd love to talk. Send your questions and comments to radio at spinweb.net. Uh, Michelle Antoine was tweeting for us today. Thank you, Michelle. We appreciate that. Our uh, producer and runner of the soundboard is Nathan Stearns. Thank you, Nathan. Appreciate that. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Allison Gibbs. And that's Chris Antoine. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sorry. Chris. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and we are your host today. Thanks, everyone. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you next time. <laughs>